This is Hearts of Oak podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And it's wonderful to have Steve Kirsch join us once again. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Certainly, Peter. Good to be back. Great to have you back. And obviously, people can find you. There is your Twitter handle and on Substack, kirschsubstack.com. And of course, the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, which I've had the privilege of watching a number of your videos on Rumble. And they're always fascinating and interesting. So the links are all in the description for those watching or listening on any podcast apps on the go. But um, Steve, I had the, the privilege of seeing you speak in Parliament, in the UK Parliament, in December at Andrew Bridgen's event, the first event of its kind, bringing together um, experts from around the world um, and uh, fascinated. But one of the things which stuck out for me actually was one of the MPs, uh, obviously you wouldn't have recognized the MPs. I lived and breathed politics for many years. And one of them was David Davis, MP, a conservative member of parliament. Um, and I realized his response to you because he was taking down notes and he said, Steve, you know, he said, um, and what was that gentleman there? Steve Kerr. Yes, Steve. Well, and I realized there's actually still a lot of work to do that you expect these people to know the information. But that's one of the things I took away that there's still a lot of work to do to educate our parliamentarians. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I don't remember the specific question. I think, did was he the one who asked the question about, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if we let people know this, won't that create a disaster? If we he let did. people know that we know, was that was that his question? That was his question and leading on to ONS data and how you get the data. So it was both of those together. So, yes. Yeah. So right question to ask. And I'm glad he asked the question. And my answer was there'd be I, I, I believe that people in the UK would be heaving a sigh of relief that their representatives have finally realized that they've realized a long time ago. So that's what I told him. I said, you know, it's way better to admit the truth early than it than to drag your heels and pretend you don't know, because then you just create a lot of animosity. And uh, I just did a survey that I published on my Substack of a thousand people in America. These people were randomly chosen. We didn't choose the people. This is a, a cross section of America. It's as according to the pollster that I used, this is as random as it gets. And what we found for the people who answered, which, and, and this is an online survey, so it's going to be skewed to people who are younger. Okay. But we found that in nearly half the, uh, the homes, where people had been, uh, uh, where where someone had died, that they attributed to the COVID vaccine. Not only that, but normally about seventy five percent of the people who die in America are over sixty. In this case, it was 
reversed. 75% of the people were under 60. So this is jaw-dropping. And, you know, and I, and I wrote in the article, I said, look, if you want to fact-check me, run your own survey and publish the results. And I don't think anybody wants to fact-check me on this for some reason. But I have suggested um, to various legislators in various countries that they get together with other legislators and that they try to replicate my results. They, they jointly pick the firm that they're going to use for the survey. They use the same questions and they see if they get a different result. And if they don't, then they need to take action because this is a train wreck. You can't have, have half the people in America dying uh, and attributing it to the COVID vaccine that is supposed to be doing the opposite. But hey, nobody wants to talk about it. It's as if the survey never went out. I no, think I... what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to publish the survey as a research letter in the peer-reviewed literature. And I hadn't thought about doing that before, but I don't think there's any reason that we shouldn't do that. And every time you put out information, every time you put out data, analyzing the information there, you've called on others to prove you wrong time and time again. I mean, that's one of your marks, I think, that you want to say, if I've got this wrong, call me out, prove me wrong. And yet no one seems to come forward, which makes you think what you're putting across seems to be the correct analysis of the information. Yeah, I can't get any of these people on camera, unfortunately, who disagree with me. Um, I can I can go into a, a, a space on X and I can go into... Uh, you know, certain spaces and engage with these people, but not in a very constructive way. Usually it's a, a lot of hurling of insults and people who are avoiding answering the questions or explaining the data. You know, so for example, there's this guy, Dr. Shiva, who claims that I got the analysis wrong. And I said, and, and so I finally was able to get on a space where I could actually ask him a question. And what happened is he kept insulting me and I kept asking him questions about the data and he kept going back and, and, and hurling insults. We don't seem to be able to talk about the data or address the data. So for example, I published a, a Substack article on dementia uh, recently, and there was a thousand fold increase in the reports in dementia in the VAR system, a thousand-fold increase. I mean, that is, that's unbelievable. This is compared to every other vaccine in history for the last 30 years combined, you know, well, for each vaccine. So the thousand-fold greater than any vaccine. And so the, in, within minutes, there's a fact check posted to say that anybody can report to VAR's and that correlation isn't causation. Okay, 
So I pointed out that it's a criminal offense to report, to, to, uh, to make a fraudulent bears report, which they didn't point out. So why are people risking criminal prosecution and spending an hour of their time to file a VAERS report on dementia if it's not real? And why would they do that? That's my question. I'm, I'm like, I'm open to the possibility that there's no correlation here. But, you know, there's sort of the evidence in plain sight shows that there is. And people's anecdotes shows that there is. And the VAERS system shows that there is. So if there's not... We need a better explanation than anyone can report to the VAERS system. Because we've always known that. That's the whole point, is to allow anybody to report to the VAERS system so it's not controlled by um, the, uh, medical records and so forth, claiming that the person was unvaccinated and, and, and whatnot. So there's this huge signal there. And people are, are just trying to convince people not to pay attention to it when they should when they should be paying attention to it. I mean, and I'd love to get somebody in the room. I'd love to get one of these community note people in a room where I could ask them, fine, if it's not, if, if that wasn't the cause, then what's the more likely cause? You know, and that's the question to ask. Hey, if that was, it wasn't caused by that, what is the more likely cause that's, that has biologic plausibility? And so it had to affect lots of people and it only affect it's only affected people who got the COVID vaccine. So we just need something with biological plausibility that could affect your mind that only affected people in the COVID vaccine in exactly the same year. What, what is that? I, I have no clue, but you know, on the one hand, I feel like, Look, I'm open to being wrong, but on the other hand, it's so frustrating when people won't answer simple questions like, gosh, if I'm wrong, tell me what it is. I have spent the last two years being very frustrated because all the evidence says this, and if I'm wrong, then explain what is causing the effect. I have a friend who, who lost 15 of his, his, his friends unexpectedly. And four of them died on the same day as they got the vaccine, and three of them were under 30. How do you explain that if the vaccine is perfectly safe? How do you explain an anecdote like that? It's impossible. And so I can't get any epidemiologist on camera to talk with me about it. Other than Harvey Rich and other people who, you know, believe in the narrative and people think, oh, you know, that, that guy's not, is, is not, uh, un, uh, it, 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 it claimed that he was biased. Okay. I'd like, I'd love to have a conversation with an unbiased epidemiologist, but none of them will talk to me. And sometimes I'll get into a discussion on, on X with, with, with one of them. Um, and then I'll point out that, you know, your arguments are all hand-waving arguments that basically aren't backed up by any of the facts here. And here are the reasons. And then I get this message, you can no longer communicate with this person. 
<laughs> wow. And, and I, what, what, as I've seen information coming out, I've seen media suddenly rush in to explain uh, what is happening that's definitely not the vaccine. So we've had myocarditis, and then you've got a, a whole spate of issues on heart issues. This is why it's happening. Um, cancer, you've got a whole spate of articles explaining, well, this is why we now have cancer. And actually, in the last two days, I've seen a number of articles on dementia. Um, it's interesting how the media rush into that space to explain what actually seems to point towards a vaccine, but yet they're full of ideas and why it's not. And it seems to be they're they're prepared and ready to answer the question why, no, it's not the vaccine, it's not the vaccine. I don't know if you've seen that in the US as well. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, it happens a lot with all the sports personalities that are dropping on the field or dying on the field. And uh, you know the the people are are saying that oh this has always happened you just didn't notice it before and there was a there was a great speech that was uh given recently and i i think i pointed it out in one of my substack articles um uh by this guy um and i think it was in the uk and i uh, i don't know if you saw that um but uh, he basically said in his speech, he said, you know, I, I've never seen so many people drop on the field before. And he used to be a professional football player. And, and this is uh, uh, the Football Association, right? So that would be the UK, right? Yeah. Um, and so he um, he talked to his friend. He said, no, 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 it's always been happening. He said, and so the guy said, hey, wait a minute. You and I both played at the same time. When we were playing, can you name a single person who dropped dead on the field at the time that we were playing football? And the guy said, well, how about so-and-so? And he said, no, no, that person is after we, we played. I said, during the time that we were both players, do you recall of any of our peers dropping on the field? And he said, no. And the football association changed their advice to say that uh, that they don't they no longer recommend people get the vaccine the covid vaccine and that was done quietly <laughs> and this and this guy just found out because he got a response so uh you know people are realizing that these things are causing harm but they they don't want to speak out publicly or make an official announcement that oh, the football association no longer recommends the COVID vaccine because you wouldn't want to go against the narrative or whatever. And then, you know, when I, when I talked to the UK ONS and I said, Hey, you know, your data is not very transparent here because you only have, you did your time series cohort analysis. You had like three or four buckets. So you, you really can't tell stuff from that. Um, why don't you just rerun your analysis and just have, larger bucket uh more buckets and um they said well that might lead to a privacy violation and i wrote no it won't here's why you can just limit it to people under 100 years old who died and they said uh, the case is the matter is closed and we don't want to talk about it anymore in other words we don't care if we're not transparent with the public 
we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about data transparency. I mean, these people, um, uh, it, it's reprehensible, their behavior. They don't want to talk about data transparency. Look, you've got half the people in America, nearly half the households are reporting that of the dead people, half are attributed to the vaccine. And you don't want to talk about statistics that clearly are not showing this effect in the UK and are clearly deficient. But let's not talk about it. The case is closed. Wow. Who is the UK Office of National Statistics working for? Like, are they being paid off by the drug companies to make it look like they're being open and transparent? Because I can tell you that they're not. And they want to avoid the questions of of opening up their of any kind of transparency. Anytime you have government agencies who are not opening up the books to data transparency, you have a big problem here because if the vaccines are safe and effective, they would be wanting to open the books to transparency. They would be inviting me to do queries on their databases. They would inviting they'd be inviting me to do the time series analysis of their data. I said, hey, let's work on a joint, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, you can, you can apply to get access to the data, but my friends have all applied and all been rejected. So, nah, you know, they give the, the illusion of data transparency without being transparent. Let me add, because you've obviously, I've seen a lot of requests you put in. Uh, the UK and New Zealand. Actually, the, the footballer probably was Matt Letizia, who's probably Correct. one of the most well-known footballers in the UK in the 90s. I remember him well yeah. growing up. Yeah. Now he's so vocal. And, no, and he's been ostracized for actually simply asking, the as you have, he's asked the questions in the sports arena and said, look at what we're seeing. Everyone says, no, it's certainly not the vaccine. What is it? We don't know. We don't know. And he's at time and time again, he's been one of the most vocal individuals in the sports arena asking what is happening if it's not the vaccine. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, no, he's uh, brilliant. But uh, on, the, on the data, I've seen numerous requests you put in for the to the ONS, Office of National Statistics in the UK, which in effect is a government body, but is supposedly removed. Um, and in New Zealand, obviously the data coming out from New Zealand, you've requested that. Um, I mean, yeah, by, by the way, um, New Zealand, is, uh, they hired Australian attorneys to try to get my site taken down. And so I emailed the guy. He never responded. Instead, I get a response from the senior partner on the data breaches practice at, um, at the law firm. And so he writes back, um, hey, uh, please cease communication with my, my uh, peers. You should be talking to me. And the reason, of course, is because I'm now the hot potato. And so the guy who gets it is the senior partner so that there are no mistakes that um, that are made. And I'm going to just uh, pull up his um, uh, text message here. Um, yeah, it says, hi, uh, Richard, 
uh, uh, Burke Khan here. I'm a partner at Clyde Company. Could you please direct your correspondence to my email instead of Anthony and other members of my team? I will obtain instructions. My email is blocked. Sure, no problem. When can I have a Zoom call to discuss my voluntary compliance with your request? <laughs> I would be more than happy to remove or obfuscate the records of anyone whose PHI could be compromised. Delivered. No response. Wow. They're, they're, they have a sworn affidavit to say that this has to be done immediately. It was an ex parte order. Had to be done instantly because people's PHI could be compromised. I asked them. Okay, happy to remove the records. Just tell me which ones. Nothing. This is like five days later when I asked them. I I emailed all of them, including this guy who told me to email him. And I said, hey, identify the records. I'm happy to remove them. I don't look, I don't want to disclose people's PHI inadvertently. They don't write me back. This is the very first that I've heard back from these guys is this text message that says, you should email me. I already emailed you. And I am happy to take down my entire site if the New Zealand government publishes their obfuscated patient-level data, the whole thing. I only have 4 million records. If they want to publish all 12 million records and make it publicly available, I will take down my site. We'll, re we'll replace mine with something better, where it was professionally obfuscated. If they're worried about that, right? We should all be interested in data transparency. It will prove that the vaccines are safe. No response. I mean, th this seems to be the biggest thing that we've seen, the issue of data not being accessible. Um, and in many countries, you have the right to ask for information in the UK, um, and they are supposed to reply within whatever, 28 days, either to a public request or to a, a member of parliament. So Andrew Bridges has put in many requests. Um, and they simply are refusing to give it and then you look at the media this must be a huge story but no it's just complete silence um and we're seeing this country by country by country um and obviously we're seeing it in uh, new zealand where the person asking the question as you pointed out they want to remove the website they want to remove the information instead of actually saying no we've nothing to hide um and it seems everyone has something to hide that's the only conclusion come to in all of this yeah exactly um tell us you've done this a couple of days ago um you had a paper a, a medically peer-reviewed uh, paper and possibly this is the first time and you'd called along with I know Dr. Peter McCulloch and, and a number of others who wrote this called for the COVID vaccines should be stopped. And one quote from the paper is, given the well-documented serious adverse events and unacceptable harm to reward ratio, we urge governments to endorse and enforce a global monitorium on these modified mRNA products until all relevant questions pertaining to casualty, residual DNA, and apparent protein production are answered. 
Um, tell us about that because that seems to to move the conversation forward a notch to have it in uh, actually medically peer-reviewed documents. So tell us about that and actually the journey to get that done. Yeah, well, it was a lot of work. Um, and it took a lot, it was a lot of work and a lot of time to, uh, uh, to put together that paper and then to get it, to get a journal who would publish it and who would peer review it. Right. And so, so we got lucky. It's in a very respected peer reviewed, uh, uh, journal, medical journal. And there it is. (laughs) So, so now they can't say that it's, oh, he's just a misinformation uh, uh, spreader. It's not in the peer reviewed uh, literature. I'm going to actually, um, uh, right. There's a wall street journal, uh, uh, person who works at the wall street journal that said, oh, well, uh, your stuff isn't published in the peer reviewed literature. So I can't report on it. I said, okay. So now she can't, I'm going to bring that to her attention since she probably is not aware of it. Uh, Thank you for for that reminder. Um, yeah, so you know you can't deny it. The stuff is it's all these dangerous. I mean, there there's thousands of papers in the peer reviewed literature talking about the harm of these vaccines. There's the VAERS data on um, dementia. I, in fact, we should just probably just do a a paper just on the dementia query. I mean, you do this query on dementia, and it's like only one vaccine pops out. Um, so look, if it's not causality, I don't know what it is. I mean, these things should be documented in the peer reviewed literature. Um, so, Hey, I've got one success under my belt here in terms of getting uh, something done. Um, let's replicate this. And and the dementia is something completely different. I mean, there are a whole list of medical issues following the vaccine. Um, And dementia is now something completely different um, that you've come across and and you're exposing. And it does seem to be there's no end of health issues that are coming from this completely brand new technology that's never actually been used before. Well, yeah, you know, the most significant one is, of course, death, you know, on the 50% death rate in households. Um, But yeah, there are other less serious things as well. And the CDC actually found 770 different safety signals that were triggered using their safety signal uh, algorithm. And it's supposed to be zero. For a safe vaccine, there's supposed to be zero safety signals that are triggered by a safe vaccine. Here, there are 770. Now, that doesn't mean that there are 770 people that had a problem. It means that pulmonary embolism is off the charts. It means that menstrual bleeding is off the charts. It means that intracranial hemorrhages are off the chart. It means that cancer is off the charts. It means that dementia is off the charts. It means that, if, that you know, whatever, you know, there's all, uh, there are things that are not caused by the COVID vaccine. Metal poisoning, for example. Metal poisoning, the COVID vaccine doesn't stick out at all from any of the other vaccines. Hmm. Now, wait a minute. If it's all, everybody's reporting just on the COVID vaccines, then how come there's no 
increased for metal poisoning, right? But there is for dementia. Nobody wants to talk about this on camera. I mean, Peter, if you can get a show where you can get somebody who's a pro-vaccine advocate or an epidemiologist, and, and you can moderate a discussion between me and that person, you'd be a, a world hero. So far, the only discussion that we've had is between Dennis Rancourt and um, uh, Tracy Beth Hoek yep. on whether 12 million people or 13 million people worldwide have been uh, killed by the COVID vaccine. 17 million, suppose. And, and I watched him give yeah, that yeah, presentation 17, yeah, yeah. at the yeah. ICS conference. So, but I mean, that the, the information is out there. Um, and Dennis has done his review. He's put that information out. Um, you, along with many others, have highlighted it, along with, obviously, um, Brett Weinstein on, on with Tucker. And yet, it's still the media are refusing to engage with it, even though it's all there in black and white. Yeah. yeah. And Tracy's arguments were, look, hey, if it's really that high, then how about Denmark? And Dennis said, look, I, I said in the paper, it varies depending on what country you're you're in, because the characteristics of the country are very different. And so uh, they kept going back and forth on that. You know, Dennis was very clear. He said, look, there's a, a range in each country. And so Denmark fits within the range. And, you know, so she's got nothing to go on. Um, so I, I, uh, did, did you see the debate at all? I saw part of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I did see, I did see part of it. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's pretty much, you know, that's a quick summary of it. Dennis presents his information. She doesn't dispute anything that she, that he says, but she says, well, but if this were happening, how come it's not, how come people in Sweden aren't dying? You know, it's like. Yeah, you know, there, there are some things that are harder to explain, but you didn't attack the pillars of his thesis. You're basically attacking it by saying, well, this, is like, this is like the following. The survey shows that half the um, uh, people who died, uh, people judged it to be, doing, to be um, due to the vaccine. And the response would be, Tracy would say, wait a minute. If this were happening, how come it's not happening in my family? Right? <laughs> so that's that is the equivalent of this is kind of like the the smaller version of that debate. So instead of watching it for three hours, the debate essentially was, hey, we just did a survey of a, a thousand Americans picked randomly and showed that half the you know deaths were attributed to the COVID vaccine. And Tracy then attacking that by saying, well, nobody I know died from the COVID vaccine. That's the equivalent of the scientific argument that they had. Would you, would you concur with that? Yes, yes. It's it's just deflecting. Uh, we, uh, Andrew Bridgen asked a question about excess deaths in, in his parliamentary debate, and the government response was accepting a rise, but saying this is due to uh, change of diet or lack of exercise, or they already had a whole list of reasons why this was happening, but they accept the information, they accept the data, 
but they already have a, a long list where they can explain it all away and therefore it never really happened. Yes, but they, the thing is that they can't because there's a there's a top researcher in the UK who did the research and he found out that the the, the it was an increase in basically blood-related uh, cardi- cardiovascular uh, type of disease. So it wasn't an increase in other types. It wasn't an increase in accidents. It wasn't an increase in uh, deaths due to, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 injuries or what have you, right? Um, it, it was an increase in deaths due to cardiovascular um, reasons. So the question is, what elevates cardiovascular events preferentially? And sorry, none of those explanations make any sense. You have to go and look through the list and say, which of these preferentially increases cardiovascular events? The answer is obvious that it's the COVID vaccines. John uh, Baldwin in the the U.S. um, mentioned this, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a year ago. He looked at death certificates in Massachusetts in uh, uh, Minnesota, million death certificates. And what he found is that as soon as the vaccines rolled out, the death certificates suddenly changed. Instead of it going for respiratory, people were dying for respiratory, excess deaths for respiratory, it was um, from circulatory. And he said, hmm, isn't this interesting? The cause of death shifted as soon as the COVID vaccines rolled out. It's like a light switch. So, look, I don't mind if people in Parliament say, well, it also might have been due partially due to this and this. But they have to acknowledge that the primary cause is the COVID vaccine. And if they're not acknowledging that, then these people are propaganda spreaders and misinformation spreaders. They are not interested in the scientific proof because you can't have the death certificates going respiratory and then like a light switch flip over to circulatory in a heartbeat like that. That cannot be due to, oh, well, people were not given prescriptions or people were spending more time indoors. It was a light switch in those death certificates. The only way that can happen is because of the COVID vaccines. And and of course, I can't talk to anybody on camera about that who will challenge me on it because that's not how science works. Can can I ask you about politician? Because I remember having a conversation with a Austrian politician, and they were response was, yeah, I see those figures, but COVID's old news. And politicians move to the next thing, the next vote issue. Um, and I, I think there's a danger. We only have one politician in the UK who will address Andrew Bridgen. Um, I don't know if it's the same in the US, where it's regarded as actually this is this is old news. Politicians need to move on to the next vote winner. And therefore, it doesn't get highlighted politically as it should do. Um, yeah, well, people like to uh, sweep unpleasant things under the rug so they don't have to talk about it and don't have to accept responsibility for, yeah, I was part of the problem. I mean, clearly, p- 
parliament is part of the problem. They could have stopped it. They could have said, hey, you know, we have some questions about the safety. Hey, let's do a review. They weren't doing their job. They simply trusted the health authorities. Right now, it's way better for people in parliament to say, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have trusted these health authorities. And they should start pointing the finger. They should say, this wasn't my fault. I trusted the health authorities. Right? Because they can't say, this was my fault for not realizing all the evidence in front of me and for not listening to my constituents, because it could never be the fault of any British politician. It has to be the fault of someone else. Fine. Start the finger pointing now. If you don't start the finger pointing, the fingers has to point to you for not starting the finger pointing. Yeah, that'd be my message. And, and that's why I respect Andrew Bridgen for saying I've changed my opinion because I've seen the vaccine harm. Um, but l- let me just finish off with one thing which really stood out, which is your pin post on your Substack. Um, and of course, people can sign up to the paid Substack and that supports the work you do. Um, I think that's important to make sure that we often consume information for free, but there is a cost to all of this. So that is certainly there available for people to to switch over um, pay for accessing your Substack. But let me just finish. You, the pin post is a summary of the evidence against COVID vaccines. Um, I think you have 45 different points in that i think that gives one of the best overviews i've seen maybe just let us know what that was like because you kind of think okay i want to give the information and then oh there's something else there's something else there's something else there's something else um and it is a massive range but that article pulls it together in a way that i haven't seen for a while so let me just finish with letting us know kind of your thoughts as you pull together such a wide array of information because i think often people can feel overwhelmed but that post is perfect for just bringing it down and analyzing step by step this is where we are yeah i mean the the post is just it was a, a a collection of evidence that i've i've run across and it's not even complete it doesn't mention some of the newer stuff and it's like i don't know 30 30 to 40 points. And it says, well, hey, you know, points. I know yeah. with extra on the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, cause I didn't want to mess up the numbering, uh, for people who were referring to it in the comments and yeah, I mean, I can't get a debate on any, any of these, um, these points, you know, here are 45 points that are, well, look, if the vaccines are safe and effective, then how do you explain this? And that's what each one is. If the vaccines are safe and effective, then how do you explain this? 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 Like, if the vaccines are safe and effective, like, um, I, I don't see how you can explain any of those things that are on that page. And there are 45 of them. And, that, and that's a partial list. So reality simply isn't consistent with the rhetoric. And I can't go on camera to talk to anybody about it because nobody wants to talk to me or answer any of my questions. So I bring up, you know, 45 or so questions that, uh, you know, and then people will try to answer that. But the important thing is that when they answer it, they do it in a form where they can't be challenged on their answer. They always say that, oh, well, scientific debate should always be done, you know, in writing. Nah, that's not true. 
That's only been true since the COVID vaccines have come out. <laughs> and, and then it seems to be the new mantra that, oh, science isn't decided by that. It's decided by the peer-reviewed literature. Oh, okay, great. Well, peer, latest peer-reviewed literature says they should be revoking the, the, um, uh, the COVID vaccines. In fact, I should tweet about that. I should uh, um, say, hey, yep, science, okay, you're right. Fine, I agree. Science has decided in the literature, the peer-reviewed literature says we should revoke the, the COVID vaccines. How come you're not calling for it? <laughs> um, uh, Steve, the, the conversation is endless on it, but I, I really do appreciate your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed um get learning from your substack and and enjoyed seeing you speak in person in Parliament in December. So thank you so much for giving us your sure. time today. Yeah, my pleasure. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.